in conversation with musicians from the UK jazz scene. And now your hosts, Rob Cope and Dan Farrant. Dan, hello. I've, I've, got, I've upgraded my microphone situation. How does it sound? It sounds pristine and beautiful. Oh, this is good news. This Truly. Is good news. What mic did you How's get? It going? Why did you upgrade it? Uh, it's a Marantz. Ooh. Little, um, little microphone. Um, yeah, I plan on eventually filming a little course for my music site. So I've been. Yeah, I bought this and thought it also um, would work for the podcast. Unbelievable. What foresight. Mm. Well, welcome, everyone, to the Jazz Podcast. I am your host, Rob Cope, and talking about microphones is Dan Farrant. Hello. Wow. So, Dan. It's been a while. Yeah, I know. This is, do you know, this is a fun fact for you, for uh, keen returning listeners. Um, This is the longest break routine episodes we've ever had in our, like, three-year history. Is that right? Yeah. What what caused this? Honestly, it was just having the film about Richard on at the jazz festival and mm. the fact that with about... Uh, so I made a film about Richard Turner, for those of if listeners who don't know, a trumpet player who sadly died um, very suddenly in 2011. Um, it was going to be shown at a cinema in Manchester called Home through the jazz festival, which was um, last week. But with about two weeks to go, they announced the whole thing would go online which obviously for a film was great. So I ended up being like 9pm on Friday night of the festival, like absolutely premium time slot. Yeah. Um, but it um, it just to, to turn it around so quickly, get it online, like did some interviews and some promotion of it. It just, it was, um, it was, oh, and then also we painted the house. Um, <laughs> nice. Slightly less glamorous, but um, <laughs> yeah, between between like all the time we'd normally be on the pod, I was just dealing with the film. But now, film's just out on YouTube forever, public. So it's it's officially sort of over. I can't really sell it to people if it's publicly available. Ah, still, can you? Uh, can we share it? What do we? How do we? How uh, exactly. Do we see it? So you can just like. Let's or are you keeping it a secret? No, it's very public. I want people to go and watch it and enjoy it. Right. Um, and enjoy the story of, of um, Richard's life. If I type in to YouTube, this cannot fail. Oh, yeah. If you type in Richard. Like, oh, okay, fair enough. I've, just I've, Richard. Is that it? Is that all we need yeah, you just need it to type up. in Richard. That's it. Um, if you type in Richard Turner trumpet, yep. that will more than Richard do it. Turner trumpet. Yep. And at the moment, and so then there's the trailer and then there's a couple of videos of Rich playing. For some reason, George Michael Careless Whisper comes up third. Um, And then fourth on my search list is Richard Turner and Life in Music, the film. Is that because you've been watching Careless Whisper? Yeah. uh, Do you know, funnily enough, there is some truth to that. Um, I wanted to play it on the Clap for Your Carers, go out in the street with my sax and you know, call it a gig, put it on my website. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah, Claire was against the idea of me making a complete tit of myself. <laughs> uh, and then I tried to play it. Uh, I think I might have gotten it wrong and then genuinely considered retirement and then YouTubed it. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty dark. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you think I should take the trailer down now that the film is released? 
No, people like to watch a trailer to see if it's worth their time investing in watching the whole thing, don't they? You're genius. Why not? Okay, I like it. So keep it up. Oh, also, the trailer's published by Ubuntu Music, not by me. That's quite fun. I quite oh. like that. Nice. Yeah. Bit of credibility there. Yeah. Well, that's exactly the trade we made. I was like, I asked them to be sort of partnering with the film um, in exchange for it just looks like... Um, I don't know. You know what? Sometimes like, I feel like making a film on your own, it actually looks cooler if you can say there's a team of people. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yes. Um, Received importance. Yeah. Yeah. That's the stuff. So, um, but anyway, the film premiere was amazing. Um, to have it online, it yeah. was so much more accessible. Like so many people I know who would never have had the chance to see it otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. So brilliant. Oh, well done. Yeah. Thanks, lads. That's amazing that, that it started though in, in like, um, it would have started in like December, 2016, that journey of, of deciding, you know, when we were deciding our first podcast guests and deciding to make it Yeah. to then now it's June, 2020. That's like three and a half years. We're still here. Yeah. We're still here. Film's done. Pod's only just beginning. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Hey, it's been a while. Last time, who did who was who was on last episode? It was Simon Purcell. Was that the one where oh, I was listening back to it and you you bloody played the, the Postman theme tune again? <laughs> oh, I was furious. I was furious. I'm so sorry, everyone who listened to that. It's uh, uh. just just awful rob what really upsets me dan is it wasn't like a parody it's not supposed to be funny it's like it's full well on. it's not funny it's awful it's supposed to be it's my best work <laughs> i put i put so much into it yeah that's what's that's what's awful about it it's yeah. tragic it is isn't it it's it's so it's so sad but i thought if i kept playing it it might it might pull through and become like a, a have some kind of cultural following yeah, that's not going to happen. That's not happening, is it? So, yeah, it has been a while. April the 17th was that last show. Is that right? Wow. That was, that's, we missed out May. Where did May go? It's the first, say, first time we've ever missed an entire month, which is... Um, and it's, the one, it's been the one month where I've actually had time to record these sort of I things. I know. I'm so sorry. What I would suggest, maybe we should... Maybe, like, what have we done? Like, 130 episodes over three years. Maybe now is the start of season two. <laughs> <laughs> I suggested we did like 24 episodes a season at first and you were like, no, nah, let's just, let's just plow on through. <laughs> and now, now you're considering starting season two, a hundred and thirty episodes. <laughs> I don't think you really get the concept of seasons. I'm going to do it. I might label this bad boy season two. Oh dear. Oh, Does that no. mean we have to do another 129 episodes? Yeah. And then season three. Oh, dear. Otherwise people will be confused. Yeah. So today we're talking to Tom Varrell, the esteemed oh. guitarist. Very nice. Tom has loads of really cool gigs. He's just like, he's quietly like, he's, I say quietly really good because he's like, and I mean no disrespect, he's not like necessarily the first name, I guess because he hasn't got a solo album at this point that, you know, when, when you like talk about jazz guitar in the UK, he's one of the very best, um, and underrated yeah yeah 
but it, he's it's an not, underdog. It's not even my place to say. Like he's, you know, he's playing in Jamie Cullum's band. I'm not sure that's an underdog oh, position. He's, he's pretty rated then, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Big time. People um, rate him. Yeah, they do. Um, and uh, oh, I hear Claire. Hi, Claire. Oh yeah, she's. That doesn't sound like Claire. It, it's full on Claire, but I think she's demonstrating to a student. Do you recognise oh. it? Has Mary had a little lamb? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely nailed it, Dan. Holding hey. one. Hey, no. <laughs> Mary had a little lamb played in the bass clef from downstairs. Good times. Yeah, on that terrifying note, uh, let's play Tom's show. Do it. Yeah, musically, I'm just shuffling through my like songs. So if you don't like one at any point, I'll skip it. Or actually, potentially, I could stick on a safer playlist, which is um, Songs to Work To. It's <sighs> great. This. Have you heard this? BB King and D'Angelo. Oh, no, I haven't. Well, actually, the best bit is the second verse, so I'll just... You get the vibe. I was walking. I was walking along, listening to this, and um, listening to the bass playing, and just had a sort of crisis of, uh, of thinking like, "Oh, everyone's so amazing at bass. Like, I can't do it," you know. And then I checked the credits for the song. It's like, "Oh, it's just Pino again." So it's like, oh, "Okay, fine." Yeah. Like, there's it's okay. Yeah, it just sounds like such an alien. Oh, that's so funny. Like, if you look at it and it's like a total unknown, it's it's way more upsetting when you're like, "Oh no." Yeah, exactly. Uh, what do you mean by hold on? What do you mean by total unknown? If yeah, yeah oh, exactly. Yeah, and then the, then you sorry, then sorry, I got distracted there. Then the standard is just like ah. Yeah, you're like I, mean, I don't need this. It's not like it's not like that actually. I mean, obviously, if you go and the standard of musicians is absolutely terrifying. If you allow yourself to be terrified by it. Mm. Yeah, I, I've had these moments where I've been like, I don't know. I always I grew up with people that were always sort of. I always felt more talented than I was and sounded better than I did. Um, mm. But I realized, uh, honestly, about age 15, that if people trusted that I would just show up on time well-dressed, um, mm. they were way more likely to book me anyway, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. So then I just sort of kept doing a reasonable amount of practice and uh, just not doing anything to rock the boat too hard. Yeah, just working just like working on your vibes. And that's yeah, sort of exactly, <laughs> exactly. I think, I think it's quite a nice... I definitely didn't have that. I mean, I, ha- I was surrounded mm. by musicians who were better than me. Certainly once I got to sixth form college, because then, um, I don't know if you know these guys, but like uh, da- uh, David Dave Preston, do you know him? I know of him. He's like... Um, I don't think we've ever met, though. Just absolutely... He's just always been the most bonkers guitarist, and now he's just on another planet. It's brilliant. Uh, he's got his, his band's Preston Glasgow Low, and it's like... Right. I think I went... I, I turned up at Ronnie's with Matt Roberts, quite drunk one night. And then, uh, and they were playing, and we kind of weren't, you know, on that listening to music vibe. But then, after a while, you're just like, "What is happening on the stage right now?" And it, it was just mind blowing. Um, so yeah, they're really good. Uh, he was yeah, he was at Sixth Form College. Dan Galino, as well as a bass player, Dan C, ridiculous drummer, Chris Galino, who's Dan's brother, who's a key, keyboard player. So there was there were some monsters around that. So maybe then, I don't know. I think I was still a bit delusional at that point. Mm. I think I was still, you know, in that real like school i'm really attached my identity to music mm-hmm. i'm the good musician and and to be honest as well actually they weren't at sixth form college with me they were um they were a couple of years older but they were right. in the air you know like south southwest london there are lots of really amazing musicians around yeah and uh, yeah. hattie whitehead was was she at sixth form college with you yeah she was yeah 
Yeah, so it was, uh, it was amazing. It was a really nice music group. I don't know if anyone else in there... Amazing is... how many people you went and were aware of who have like become professional musicians as well. Yeah, it was a big college. It was about through, but through not going to like a specialist music school at that age, you know. Yeah, but it's just because of the size of the college, I think. So I, right. I don't know how how big it was, but imagine big college size, maybe seven thousand people. Wow. When I went, and how many, from, where was this? Richmond College. Right. And it was all just every area of London. People went to Richmond College, which is amazing. They've changed it recently to be only in Richmond Borough, so it would be it would be I don't mm. know. I've heard it's not not quite the same vibe that it was when I was there, but felt really all of a sudden like super cosmopolitan and like so many different types of people that were all actually like because of music actually in that college were really like hanging in. I met so many cool people who were like really you know different to your normal middle class Twickenham. I don't know if it's problematic to say any of this, but yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, um, edit, you can edit out any problematic bits, right? Yeah, of course, of course. You just yeah, you hold the, the beeper down for ages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's just a barrage of swearing that I just went yeah. into. Um, I tell you what, oh, I forgot to turn my emails off. Classy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to close my as well. Actually, um, one of the things that I think I was genuinely lucky for was that the people that were there were two saxophone players um, at school who were older than me at separate times. Both of them were life-changingly good at the horn. But really? they were both really unreliable at the time. Um, uh-huh. You know, and it's a, like part of my life lesson of being the reliable on-time one. It was really easy to spot that. Yeah, it was given to you. Yeah, yeah completely. I remember like this really... I was about 16, and there was this like BBC proms in the park thing, and we got this chance where they, the school could like... It was like if you press the red button back when that was a thing that you could watch the like Manchester version in lots of different cities and we played like a couple of tunes as a jazz band um, and I remember it, it like cause it was in the school summer holiday the school asked me to do it and I was like why aren't they asking James oh they don't think he'll come yeah great oh okay then it's all right if I don't have to like freak out about how good he is um, yeah. if they don't trust him um, yeah fair enough perfect well and do, do they do they play now do you know those people one of them's a very well-known, well-loved saxophone player who is. Oh wow! Who's, who's? I tell you, it's not much of a secret. But James Gardner Bateman, he was. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a monster. Really, yeah, yeah exactly. Thought, don't you? When isn't he a Bristol guy? Yeah, he went. He was at Chats though in Manchester oh, for two years. Of course, um, I forgot you went there. So he's so, two years uh, older than me. Um, I can't. I can't even imagine what that place is like. You know. I mean, I, you hit. Uh, yeah, I don't really have a very good image of what Chet's would have been like. And was it was it quite like um, uh, there's a there's a, a school I used to play the school prom of, which was Christ Hospital, and it's down in like South um, oh, I don't know South, 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 uh, near Brighton or something. Um, and it just looks exactly like Hogwarts, and they've got you know capes and they just look like wizards floating around everywhere. Mm, yeah, I, I feel like. That side of it, I wasn't really aware of because I went young enough to not pay attention. I mean, the school grounds are, are amazing now, but it was a little, some of the buildings were a little beaten up. I don't think it looked anything special at the time. Um, it was more actually for me, like the level of, of like nerdery was really, really high. Like, especially it, as a young yeah, like I, you, like you couldn't really go for more than like ten minutes without hearing someone playing the like Charlie Parker Omni book. You know, even if you weren't practicing, you were still very lucky that it was all being 
played around you. If you weren't practicing, someone else was, and you could hear it all the time. So, um, do you, when did you go there? When I was like ten. Oh, I see. 10, okay, ten to eighteen. That's so, like, amazingly different musical background to me then, because I, yeah, was that big fish for the whole of uh, secondary school. Mm. And, uh, so it's a really different experience. So when I went to uni, that that was a real shock to the system. When all of a sudden you're with all these musicians who are just unbelievable and more into it than you. Because I think I went, I mean, I, I, went to, I went to do English at Leeds for a year, had this sort of identity crisis of thinking, no, I've got to be in London, I've got to be a musician. Mm-hmm. Went to London to be a musician, went to Trinity in the second year, and then, like, still didn't feel good. So it was all, it was all in my head, you know? Yeah. Was, and then, you know, I wasn't engaging with Leeds properly, and then I went to Trinity and didn't engage with Trinity. But that, the Trinity one was, was a shock a bit, I think, because everyone was just so killing. It was like mm-hmm. in my Leo and uh, blah, 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 blah. Can't remember any of them. That's rude, isn't it? Who's uh, Leo? Leo Richardson. Yeah, Leo Richardson, Eric Galvin, yeah. Greg Sinclair, Adam Saunders. I mean, you know, I'm just going to stop naming people because yeah. I won't I'll miss people out. But yeah, uh, all monsters. And then I think later I took a year off and then went back in the year below. And it was just another level of beasts, you know. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I think my relationship with jazz was definitely... was was definitely damaged by the whole the whole weird process of like of that of 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 mu- identity and music yeah i don't know if you i don't know who I, I i think some people can really relate to that and other people find it quite um i think i thought i was quite um you know it's I'm quite incredulous about it yeah my issue is always one of practice time i always felt like i want to go i was you know music school for eight years and then i did a four-year undergrad and then a two-year master's so like yeah. 14 years unbroken i was always like pace myself don't like don't want to practice too much i've seen lots of people play too much and burn out and do something else or fall out of love with it um but then like i remember having a i think it was actually on a jazz podcast a talk with tom corley where he was it was really interesting he tom's very blunt and he was just like you just didn't practice enough never mind pace yourself you know how much more could you have done how much better could you be if you'd done you know, if ever I have like personality crisis, it's usually that of like, uh, what you know. Well, I haven't done enough practice. Maybe I just chilled out really hard for fourteen years um, and had fun and got to the end. But I don't know. You know, you can't, I mean, are you happy with? It depends if you're having, if you're having the crisis or not. That depends on whether this is a conversation you need to have, even because it's like mm. if you're when you're in a good mood, when you're happy, you look you you don't you don't regret anything. I don't regret going to Leeds, even though I didn't. You know do all the things I could have done there I don't regret and I and I dropped out and I don't regret going to Trinity and I don't regret any of these things I don't regret like the year I spent being totally insane in bed and it's like because if you're if you're happy with who you are in the moment then it's just like great well that it was all necessary to leave me here but then if you're yeah if you're feeling miserable then you know you you'll be full of regrets and that's interesting you'll, you'll just spot those I think yeah but I've, yeah, never, so, I've never been full of regret. No, good. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. Uh, I have. I don't think I've ever done masses of practice. I don't think I've ever practiced particularly well. Now I practice uh, purely by putting my like songs on, pressing mm-hmm. shuffle, and then every time a song comes on, I'll just think of what to play on it. So, like, say what's playing now. Um. It's the living top I really like you could try you could do like arpeggios and or triads over that kind of yeah. stuff follow yeah. the chord and then so you've got you're getting a semblance of practice from it 
but you're also just like connecting with music. You've got a groove there the whole time. It's not, mm. you know, I mean, I guess when you're playing anything, you, you should have a groove there, but it just makes it, makes the whole process more. I think the main thing I try and do now is just nurture my love of music and avoid things that will hurt that because it's quite delicate for mm. me at least, you know, it's like if my mood's not good, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I don't have the brain space to really like get into music so I try and keep my relation, my mood good and try and keep my relationship with music good and make yeah, that become yeah. a priority and then do bits of practice underneath, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I might've been rambling a bit. Sorry. No, I loved it. That's exactly how I feel. Like I, um, I think I've gotten much better as I've gotten older. At just really in, like, uh, I think letting go of what I was doing and just enjoying playing a bit more. If it's like a fu- even like a function gig 10 years ago, I used to sort of be a bit too like turn my nose up at it or feel like I, I don't know that I'd been, I'd spent a month practicing something that was harder than this. And, and then, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, you know, I'm being like wasted on playing some really easy pop charts, but now it's now I'd like absolutely delighted to just play some quavers and put them in the right place. You know, yeah, it's just ego though. If you're, if you're thinking, mm. say, say, I had it have it with teaching sometimes every now and then you catch yourself being like, Oh, I've practiced so much. I, I shouldn't be teaching, uh, you know, like one, one chord to a little seven year old. Mm. And, you know, like I shouldn't be te- teaching numerous Christmas songs. Over and, over again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, come on, I'm a, I'm a rock star. But that's just, it's just ego. If you, and if you let go of that, you can really enjoy the process of, you know, what this kid's like and it's, you know, they're funny and all, there's all this stuff to enjoy in, in anything. Yeah, and, and in a function gig, you know, there's, there is stuff to enjoy, but that it gets really hard. Like I've, def- I've definitely been in the place where I've just, I've purely done functions not necessarily for that reason, but for related or or other mm. reasons. I've had really bad mental health, and the combination is just uh, it was it's draining because also no weekends and no and not enough sleep for me and no mm. and this because that's the I mean this is now lockdown time uh, and it's really nice to to go to the like you know to have this routine now all of a sudden I yeah i was gonna say that to you about functions one of the worst is if you think you've got a day off i think and then at 10 a.m saturday morning you get a text oh we you know you got time and you feel like you've got to do it and you go and do it and then and you've really got no structure because i mean no that's not exactly that's not my problem that's more of a horns problem do you reckon that's yeah, what does me people leave horns <laughs> on pop functions last minute they're just like oh yeah horns and then just like ping off a million yeah, 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 yeah. I think I don't know. I think that might be that. But I mean, uh, what I mean, I've had that a bit. I mean, normally if I've got the Saturday off, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm gone. I'm not in any position to. This to, is to a function gig. I've just you know, I really like the last year. In fact, I've really, I've maybe maybe the last two years, I've really learned to value time right. off. And Only then, this year did. Like with the white keys, for instance, with Amy and I decided that we'd do it in advance, months mm. and months in advance. Um, I don't think I've ever had a function in my diary for more than about four days before the gig wow. date. You oh, know, I mean, I think that's quite emotionally draining. You know, it is. That's what I mean. I find that really hard. You're working your week as well, kind of like using as, as much energy as you're expecting to use, given that you're going to get a weekend off, maybe. Mm. You know, and, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, your day off is gone. And I mean, you know, when do you do your washing? When do you yeah, cook? Yeah. When do you when do you empty your hard drives? And just all these, you know, all these things. So, 
I mean, now I'm just loving going to, you know, I go to the, into the garden every morning. I go to the bench and it's just like the same spot. I feel, it feels like a sort of a human need is being met now. You know, it's like yeah, every day yeah. you would go to the thing. Every day that, that place, nature-ish in the garden. I'm quite lucky to have a bit of a garden. Mm. And, you know, we've got birds and the birds are a different vibe every day and the, the, the weather's a different vibe every day, but the place is the same. It feels really soothing to do that. And then... Yeah. And then, you know, all the other little routines I've got now, which I didn't have before. You know, I make a coffee at this time. Mm-hmm. I do this, I do practice at this time. I do, I do these, these silly workouts, which... Yes, wherever yeah. you, wherever you yes, been, hey, yes. <laughs> I've been letting, letting this side down big time. How are the workouts going? Uh, I really love it because I was doing this, I've got really bad posture. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm just sick of seeing photos of myself and watching videos of gigs where, where I look like a banana and it's just really annoying. It's not how I how i'd like to be mm-hmm. so i've been doing this exercise every morning which is like just for your shoulder like posture and uh, core mm-hmm. and i've been doing it since january since january anyway so it just as soon as this lockdown thing happened it was like all oh, right well i'll just i'll just put it on zoom i think i just did it with a friend once and it was funny and it's mostly about music really it's and it's a very nice workout it's very easy i really want to do this it sounds brilliant yeah it's just it's just like minimal effort dare i say medium results <laughs> but no promises but uh and just like just songs you know yeah yeah so yeah i do and yeah if any listeners want to come and do that then just send me a message on instagram everyone's welcome yeah. it's a particular vibe like if you if you do exercise already you might not like it just come and see see if you like the vibe you know yeah that was yeah. me talking to i think you'll like it actually rob yeah i Compton. do i do so, so Tom Farrell, welcome, welcome to the Jazz Podcast. Oh, I realise this probably isn't the start of the show anymore, um, but I may as well pretend. Just um, tell us quickly, who are you? Oh, okay. Uh, um, uh, I'm Tom Farrell. I'm uh, mostly a guitarist, and uh, but I play some bass sometimes. I do a bit of uh, production as well, you know, all the sort of multi everything that people do. Yeah. And for guitar, I play for Wilkinson, who was my old school friend and is a drum and bass guitar, uh, drum and bass producer. Uh, and who else? Like, they do, I do his live show. Who else do I do? Jamie Cullum, who's like a jazz dude that people mm-hmm. probably would, have, would know about. He's, um, and I should talk about that gig at some point because it's been absolutely amazing. And then... Jamie Callum. Oh, I also do this thing called the Outlook Orchestra, which is um, uh, or- on a whole orchestra playing music that is run by Outlook Festival, which is kind of like a uh, sound system based music, UK based kind right. of festival, like jungle and all that stuff like that, dark, like old dubstep and that kind of vibe. So we play that. And I do function gigs and I teach a bit and I, I can currently just obviously sitting in my room the whole time. Yeah. Which is which is fine. My main interest at the moment, still rambling a bit, sorry, is uh, free improv. I really, I've, in the last year, I've discovered that that's my that's my favourite thing. Yeah, I'm really fascinated by that because a minute ago you said whenever you practice you should have a groove on, and I immediately oh, was hold on, hold on, hold on, no, 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 no. don't say should. Don't, there's no, I definitely don't mean should. It's just how I do it. Okay, how, no, I'm stick. very interested because. Um, Honestly, the first thought I had when you said that was my whole album flashed through my mind, and I thought I haven't played a groove in in my own music in years. Hmm. Um, how very interesting! Yeah, I, I mean, 
in my in my liked songs or whatever other playlist there's there's things that are not so that, yeah loads of things that aren't groovy but um you'll just practice something else when that happens or you skip through it if it's not inspiring to yeah to noodle over it's probably the worst practice advice ever but if you if you combine this advice with actual practice advice <laughs> maybe the two-pronged approach might be quite a good a good way of doing it I love that. I say this all the time on the show, so I apologise, listeners, for just saying it again. But um, when I lived with John Ormston, who's a drummer, he would mm. um, he would play along to albums and tracks that never had drums to begin with. There's a Kenny Wheeler album, What Now, which is just piano, bass, sax, and trumpet. He'd just stick that on every morning and fill in all the drum parts, and I was super jealous. I was like, this is a brilliant way to practice. Yeah, just listening and yeah. I mean, saxophone's great for that. There's loads of space on music for sax solos over the whole thing <laughs> especially, if, especially if it's just in your room you know i mean some of the some of the stuff i play every morning because i practice i practice every morning in this way for you know 20 minutes or something yeah uh, and yeah some of the stuff i play is so cheesy and some mm. of them yeah but it's just you know joyous that's good and also warming up your fingers because there's nothing worse than picking up your guitar well in these post-corona times if i pick up my guitar at four or five for the first time it's like oh jesus i can't play mm. but in the morning you know you can't play oh, i it's love first, that first thing of course you can't play yeah yeah can't even think but. i used to just um my morning warm-up used to consist of um i would draw a microphone or at least i'd only do this like once or twice a year because then i wouldn't lose it have a microphone drawn on a sheet of a4 and blue tack it to the wall and then just hold long notes and stand right in front of it um like i did it's definitely good you definitely have to do it I can't that's my idea what. of heaven yeah I, just, I mean can you at least do it along to a song you could do it along to a song just get, get the key get the key of a song just do it and then you've got extra like you know you've got some pulse to time yourself mm. surely mm. I was sad, always I mean exactly, you know, who knows who knows if you love that it might be kind of it's kind of like meditative perhaps yeah yes I think it is because I would often do it then with scales in all keys and modes in all keys but I would never get to the end I would go into this like state of like um, sort of a delirium you know and I'd play for maybe 90 minutes and it would always end I'd snap out of it with no idea what key I was in what practice I was doing I would be like and then I'd just be like ah shit put the sax down and that was it you know that was but I mean that does sound really nice I suppose if it probably helps I don't know if you're not supposed to have this but you probably have quite an airhead as well I used to go I used to go chanting where so you go to um, a place in a in you know you can go to someone's house and then what are you playing chords for? Right now? Yeah my wife's tech class teaching downstairs oh our whole so, business is online obviously <laughs> right now just having a jam um <laughs> i'm telling yeah, you a story yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying to think that's in like you're, look, you're looking into the corner and like it's just i just thought you were just like pow, pow pow oh that would be so great if i had a little keyboard set up here no it's just like time for some chords yeah i've got i've got all the things to make noise but as soon as i do it my computer will explode so yeah let's not do that um so can we talk about Jamie Cullum? What's it like yeah. getting a getting a gig like that? There was a point I was just trying to finish then. Can you remember? Uh, we were talking about practice in a meditative state and forgetting Oh, chanting. Yeah, I was just going to talk about chanting for a second. Oh, yeah, tell us. It's like, it's like a type of Japanese Buddhism and you go to the place in... in there's, there's one in uh, uh, near that wicked bloody shopping centre that feels like a yacht uh, or feels like a cruise ship. The oh, is that like a Westfield? 
No, 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 no. It's, it's, no, Westfield feels like a cruise ship more, actually, but this is like mm-hmm. an old crap. Anyway, it's in um, Russell Square, I think. Oh, okay. That kind of area, yeah. Anyway, that's where, the, that's where the Buddhism is. Right. And right. you go there and you go, Namyo, Renge, Yo, Namyo, for like uh, as long as, you know, an hour or something. And then uh, part of, I think, that spiritual experience, I mean, you're tuning into the list, listening that's happening, you're, you're hearing everyone else's voice. If you've got a good leader, especially, and, and there are overtones that you tune into, but then you're also getting quite an airhead. And 90 minutes into that, you're just you're, you're nowhere, mm. and you walk out like woof. So maybe it's a. My point was maybe it's a similar experience to your uh, to your I uh, so. into the wall practice. In which case, you probably don't want disco music playing. Hmm. Yeah, I was always impressed when I started to meet guys like. Um, but I guess when I say what I mean is like on the way like early function playing career and I'd be meeting like bassists and guitarists and and those particularly like the way that you would hear and think about music really differently to me people oh, really? who like I never really thought about all of the various contributing factors that make a groove sound really sick you know mm-hmm. oh this drummer and that sound and check out this I don't know it's um but is this like I'd say it's experience, but then, I mean, I probably, you, I mean, you, you do know, you do now though, don't you? I think. Yes, but yeah, um, it came to me much later in life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have, I can't remember when that would have come to me. It all comes in, like understanding feels and stuff comes in, comes in waves, really. And I've had, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I'd be, I feel a bit awkward talking about feels because. You know when people don't know when they're not groovy, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be one of those people who doesn't know that he's not groovy, who just talks about grooviness for hours. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I often wonder is like, so our friend Josh Arcaleo, he was homeschooled and went on the, you know, he just he's like Pee Wee Ellis who played in like, is he like playing Tower of Power or um, with James Brown that kind yeah, of vibe, yeah. you yeah. know. Josh was like Pee-wee's like protege, right? He'd like go around yeah. the world and just, you know, but that kind of music is not like, when I imagine that experience, I don't imagine Josh is being exposed to giant steps every night. I just imagine mm. like, you just check out loads of great grooves and then then you like, listen to how he can play now. He's like been consumed by. Um, yeah, absolutely bonkers, yeah. Yeah, it's madness. But yeah. I find I mean, that. I think, I think with Josh, it's a bit different because I think, didn't he. Um, wasn't it uh, a, a sort of um, in the in the parents' yard spaceship situation, where they go out and and the baby's there in the pod? Mm, well, I like think, in Superman. Yeah, yeah, I believe they're. I think probably most of them, if not all of them, were pod babies mm-hmm. uh, from you know wherever Superman came from. I'd be delighted that <laughs> Josh is from Krypton. And, yeah, and, wait, wait, is he from Krypton? Yeah, is he from Krypton. Yeah, he is. I think that's right. The planet Krypton. Well, what was? Why would he be on that planet with all the kryptonite? Yeah, because in their own planet, under their own sun, it was harmless. But when he came to the yellow sun of the Earth, the radiation, the like rocks from his home world, became like poisonous to him. Become super poisonous just to him. Ah, wow. But then that... the Earth atmosphere allows him to fly based on no aerodynamic rules. Okay, right. Wow. 
Yeah. Wow, really? Is that? Did you just that's, make that up, or is, is this deep? It. This is deep Superman knowledge. These better be Superman facts because I'm saying them like they are. I'm 99% certain that they are. No, I'm um, sure they are. Then I'm sure they are. Yeah. Man. I mean, and it matters just as much if they're not. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Did mm. you ever see the Man of Steel? The new. No. I the used first... to watch. I used to watch the ones with. Um, Christopher Reeve. Uh, no, no, the ones after that that were like on TV and it was very oh sexy. Oh my god, yes, yes, the the new adventures of Lois That's, and Clark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Remember the music for that? It was like yeah. Lydian, wasn't it? Yeah. It was yes. something John Williams and Lydian. Can we, can we just check it out, actually? Yeah, Where I'd can... love to. I'd love to. Um, my wife and I actually went through quite a... Because it's got Terry Hatcher in as Lois Lane. Um, yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went through quite an intensive... Um, theme. It's a great tune. I mean, I mean the John really Williams original. Is, is, um, I think it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Williams original is absolutely outstanding, but this one as well. We're going right, to test that fair use policy. Now we've said yes, exactly we are. But I mean, we're, we're saying it's nice. How are we doing? We got anything? I've got silence so far. <laughs> the piano. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's the Lydian stuff. Oh, yeah. I love the brass there. That, that is groovy. I love it. Yeah. Counter melody. Yeah. Like, woo! Really good. Somebody re- is really composed. You can hear the effort that's gone into it. And I mean, you can't see the video. I should have shared the screen. Oh, and then we've got the we've got the Superman. The cape. The cape. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. wide cape for that shot. Yeah, I suppose yeah. they, you know, zoom. Yeah, I don't know how they did that. The thing that really bothers me about that show is that Terry Hatcher is supposed mm-hmm. to be an intelligent woman. Obviously, she can't tell. That Clark and Superman—they look identical. They are, you know, they've got the same mannerisms. They speak the same. If I like, just take my glasses off now. There's no way you suddenly suspect that I'm somebody else. When's Rob coming back? Exactly. Who's this guy? <laughs> I God, I look so weird. So, so I mean, I mean, no, it wasn't just to be fair. It was the also slick back hair and the Superman costume, and he could yeah. fly. I mean, I, isn't this the problem in every Superman? In, yeah, in other yeah. Supermans, does he look more different? No. It's the same problem with Christopher Reeve. I think it's just the same. If it's only a two-hour film, it's usually about an hour until the penny drops. You know, okay. but with the new adventures of Lois and Clark, it's like three seasons. You're spending days with them, and you're like, come on! <laughs> come on! She's also spending days with Superman, isn't she? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And she's an, invest- she's an investigative journalist yeah. as well, right? <laughs> It's just very hard to believe that she hasn't seen it. Yeah. Yeah, mad. Oh, uh, I enjoyed that. That that brass line, you know, I feel like that's one time when you're like playing the tuba when you must be there, been having the time of your life on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really sounded like a like a heavy bass line as well, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, and it had the sort of, that sort of feel to it. Unbelievable. Yeah. So tell um, us about 
Jamie Cullum. Uh, yeah, what can I say about that? Uh, I got it because I'm friends with Lord Garrett, yes, who good. is the bass player and was a bass player for a while. And I did a did an audition about three years before I actually started doing the gig. And then oh, right. it was quite a long time. It was, uh, and it was kind of. He decided he didn't want to do. He didn't do the album at that point, and he was still writing it. And then, you know, didn't want to bring on another guitarist. And then, it's been so good. It's just like because I, I think. Here we go. So I think when you start playing music, it, I, th- I feel for me at least, and maybe for a lot of other people, it's about like being in a room with people and jamming. And then what what the jobs kind of turned into is really different. It's like for you know the gigs that you aspire to get even like fancy pop gigs or or whatever they're really like to click track um what you do could just be on the backing track um it's like all the risk is gone mm-hmm. so you're so you know from i mean not that i absolutely love playing wilkerson actually but just um as an example my guitar sound in the same part of every song is exactly the same it's all saved on a computery little thing mm-hmm. and there's no all the risk is taken out really like I mean I try and put in more uh, I think with that I improvise kind of long narratives over the thing of just like you know high notes and doing builds and trying to do that stuff so it, so it feels it feels really fresh that gig at the moment but um, but other gigs w- which which you might do yeah so the experience is click in your ears the whole time um, uh, same songs all the time obviously and same sounds at the same points of the songs and in in ears which is i really 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 hate them i hate them i just think like okay oh god i hate them so then uh (laughs) so then doing jamie's gig it's like all on monitors so whatever room we're playing in will will I, i i the band plays differently you know so if you're playing a really big rocky room where you can play really loud it feels like a rock gig and then other ones feel like a jazz gig and when the sounds hard you know we're playing into the room so that's amazing so that's the no ears and then just there's no set list as well jamie's just feeling the vibe of the crowd the whole time so the gig ends up you know he ends up playing lots of random songs that you don't know or songs that you weren't expecting to play which is actually really nice it kind of it mm. kind of loosens you up because anything can happen it's just like oh i've got to relax you know you can't be in a state of constant panic. So, <laughs> I mean, you can, and I have been sometimes, I'm sure, but, but yeah, yeah like he can call anything and quite, and it's just like, if I, can't, if I don't know how to play it, I either can make it up or, um, Rory will know how to play it on guitar. Who's the trumpet player? Absolutely killing. Um, so yeah, I feel really, really, really lucky with that gig to have, uh, I mean, it kind of almost made me realize that I was frustrated at how things are in other gigs now. Right. You know, I really think it's nicer to not have, a click most of the time mm-hmm. and i think that that risk that you're having on stage is that that vibe is transmitted to the audience they can feel that there's risk you know i've seen i remember mm-hmm. being at a festival a couple of years ago watching someone with loads of track and it was amazing it was just perfect you know all the sounds were perfect but there's like there's no risk in it so i didn't feel that much and then and then i went and saw anna calvi if i don't know if you know her no she's like um singer she plays guitar has a band and it was you know there was just way more risky you know she was doing big solos lots of improvisation and yeah i mean i I guess the point another point is it's so improvised just the whole thing it's just pretty yeah which which ties in with 
just the I suppose I've realized in the last three, four years that that is definitely the thing that I, I like most in music. Yeah. Just hearing people improvise, improvising myself, uh, that's that level of listening that you have to do when you're improvising, especially mm -hmm. if it's free, because you've just got to be there the whole time. Anyway, hopefully you can cut all of what I just said into something that sounds okay. <laughs> One or two words. <sighs> um, yeah. I, I really am, I feel really lucky to do Jamie's gig. And sorry for being so sincere here. No, that's great. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we were on tour just before this corona thing happened. Right. So, uh, we, didn't, we did a few dates in England and then we stopped. Oh, that's but so annoying. They were good. They were yeah. quite, high, quite high stress, actually. Everyone, I think everyone in the, in the team was a little bit anxious about, about corona and about, mm -hmm. you know. But hopefully it'll happen again when gigs happen again. Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a weird bit of a weird time let's say yeah. mm. did but you, you lose much did you lose many gigs then when oh yeah of course yeah gigs what, what's a gig uh, yeah um, i mean i mean like like are we talking yeah. like 40 plus sort of like entire six months of your life sort of erased i guess so yeah yeah like but i mean not all with jamie but there's there was another there was another bunch of uk tour we then there's a load of uh you uh eu tour what do we call it Europe yeah that's tour. right and then, uh, and then what we have loads of gigs over summer. It was it was, it was lined up to be yeah. the best, but yeah, it's okay. It's absolutely fine. It's um, I um, it's also a really cool opportunity mm. to just ha live really differently for a few weeks. Yeah, that, totally. You know, obviously it's uh, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm like I'm making you know. So it was one of those things where you don't want to be you don't want to be the person who says, oh, I thought uh. You know, it's brilliant. You know, yeah, you know, I'm yeah. not saying that. It's obviously not brilliant. Yeah, it's obviously the, uh, absolutely horrific and really hard for people. I just, you just transport yourself into any of these rooms in London where people are going to be in such tough situations, man. And just, um, it's, it's it's heavy. But for me, super lucky. I just mm. like being able to make a cup of coffee at the same time every day. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And so. maybe it says a lot about you when you can have the space to behave how you want and see what you end up doing because mm. mm. yeah. I don't know Depend, it depends how busy you are I suppose not you know just someone in general like if you've got the day off and you can't really leave the house how do you deal with that and what I are the things that you do that make you happy to deal with it I think if this had happened at a different time in my life it would be really hard mm. then, there are times where you know, you know I haven't been able to get out of bed easily yeah even without a global pandemic yeah so I, I think yeah and it's but for me this time i'm really lucky it's just come at a time when because i've i've started a few like free improv based projects that i was i was kind of worried about how i would have time to work on them anyway this year and now it's like oh well there we go gotta work on it yeah so i think yeah i'm doing i'm doing a couple of free improv projects and trying to write a little office workshop kind of thing and it's who knows if anything will come of any of that, but it feels like this now's the time to just do it. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. It's a great Cooking. time. What about you? How have you adjusted? You're, you've moved all your teaching across. Yeah. So, um, I was doing quite a lot of teaching in schools already this year because we moved house like four months ago. So, okay. where um, are um, you? Where do you yeah, live now? We, we, did, we live in Westcott in the Surrey Hills, like quite close to Dorking. 
Wow. Yeah, we wanted to live in the countryside, and Claire kept saying to me, "I want to." She kept. She would be like, "I want to live somewhere where we've chosen to live, not because of work or because." Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and in a way, that this is very convenient because you, you would have been going to London most of the time before, right? Yeah, it's ridiculous now that we're just um, like I was commuting a lot to schools to kind of make enough money and you know moving costs yeah. and whatever and trying to save up a bit again and. Um, so for us, the timing is really lucky, obviously, because um, we managed to just get in and like get the house sorted out in time. And now mm-hmm. we just, just yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, because I mean, you know, can't even look at that house now. No, exactly. We're super lucky, and that would have. I feel sorry for anyone who was already trying to move and is now like. I, I think I'd be very frustrated. Let's say you know, if you're sitting at home and you can't look, and no one can look at your place. So we got lucky there, and then I got lucky to just happen to have chosen a part of the music industry that's not completely destroyed. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Are you finding it? Are you finding that it works to teach like this? With some kids, I guess like anything, I've got a handful of students where this is definitely even better than it was in person. Yeah. Okay. Strangely, usually with the students I have that struggle the most with behaviour and discipline. Oh yeah, well they find this easier. They're they're finding the the I think at the moment the the idea that there's not an adult like right on like breathing down their nose like like in front of them constantly like it's more personal responsibility if they yeah, 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 yeah. if they start kicking off and they don't want to do what they are told there's very little I can do about it. Um, but, I think they feel like they're in a really adult environment like they get you, to you, use. Exactly, you're giving them the thing. It's like if they want to leave, they can leave. Yeah, completely. Like you're in the room on your own, or like parents are usually hanging around somewhere. Um, but I kind of encourage them to leave their kid to figure it out and get on with it anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I that's, think that's great. Yeah, so that that's been really good. That's been really interesting um, to see how the students that I think that yeah, the ones that that struggle or have educational challenges that they have to meet are the ones that have all done the best to like rise to it and be like, oh, cool, now I can yeah, be the yeah, player yeah. and have yeah. these like, video lessons. It seems really grown up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one or two students that have very, very poor motivation or just a general disinterest in music anyway, which, you know, kind of makes me wonder why. Can you, you not put, like, can you not give yourself a hilarious background or something? Put yourself yeah, in a row. I've, I've been in orbit. I've done that. I mean, it, it's usually like... <laughs> Ah. Were like, I only want to learn pop songs and I say great what song do you want to learn oh I don't know okay pick a song oh, for next week oh, man that's really hard that's my least favourite that's the thing because if, if you turn if you turn up and they, they've got a song that's it you've got your lesson because it's yeah. like here's what I you know teach them a song and there'll be one or two things to chat about in that which, which, will, which will make the whole thing valid yeah. but if they don't listen to music it's like a totally different those skip. are the ones that are falling apart so like I've got a few of those one of those in particular who um who does exactly that only wants to play pop songs never listens to music has mm. no interest in what song you know yeah. and That's hard, to, but, yeah. with the distance as it is now for me it's very hard this sounds like a terrible thing to say as a teacher um but if he's not interested and he's got no energy to learn i find it very hard to find any energy to try and show him things that he still doesn't care about Mm, you know what about this song i love this what do you like about this when you get nothing back at the moment um you know yeah that one i'm just like you listen to other music that doesn't have saxophones i mean i always find that well his kids piano 
piano oh, player, just learning chords and. Oh man! You know? Oh right, it should, I know. Uh, yeah, that's not a saxophone. You'd have to play like five minute long, ninety minutes of long notes into the wall in silence. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's yes. not the, the deep sort of monk-like practice regime of a sax player. It's just, yeah. I mean, piano is obviously. But yeah. you just, play, you just want to play some chords. That's a shame. I don't know. I don't often lose students through being unable to motivate them. You know? mm-hmm. um, I, I would always well, often find that the kids that then were like, oh, I don't know, I haven't listened to any music. You could, you could, you could sort of bury, double down and find, find out what, that they'd, they'd listen to some song in the car. And mm-hmm. then you'd know at least vaguely, I'll play them another song and try and get their mm-hmm. opinion on it. But it's very hard to know what kids' taste in music is really they, they haven't had that whole, there's so much extra context that you've got. And I, yeah, I have no concept of what music listens to to a kid or you know i think i do yeah. and then you play it to them it's like it sounds disgusting and mm. it's like this is like literally the nicest piece of music i could think of yeah. <laughs> or you know the, the most appealing that i thought yeah. you would like the most but yeah mm. i think the nail in the coffin here is is that then i've said to the parent can you help him listen is there anything he is listening to and when i get no help there either oh, and they're like, oh, what, 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 like the ra- the radio or something? Just turn the radio on. Yeah, I mean, and then I'm like, I've asked for these certain books over and over again, which never uh-huh. get ordered, which never show up. So then he's got no resources in the house. There's nothing to learn. Anyway, downward spiral. For the it's most part, yeah. it's interesting to see whether when a family like, if a family has music on at home or not. I think with my family, it was a bit of both. Mm-hmm. I definitely grew up around some music, or at least when the music was on, I was very. Um, uh, you know, I, re- I really remember that. I really always, re- I still listen to it. it was all, my dad always used to listen to Arturo Sandoval. Oh, great, yeah. I just rediscovered it a couple of weeks ago. It's absolutely amazing. In fact, I can just put on, let me put on a bit of a sax solo. Yeah, that'd be amazing. While you uh, do that, what was I going to say to you? Oh, yeah, one thing I've enjoyed about this is because everyone's at home and not able to socialise. Oh, yes, I did interrupt. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, go for it. Everyone knows I interrupted before, I mean. Oh, right, so, yeah, yeah. Um, that the, I feel like. I've got an opportunity to kind of save people's social skills a little bit. You know, we've been doing lots of like online classes on Zoom and all the students coming together and playing to each other and learning to like talk positively about everyone's playing and how to like critically analyze and getting even like my were you, were you not doing that before? Well, not online, not on a weekly basis because I'm not in groups because all my students live like spread apart, you know, and oh, um, yeah. Oh, so, so you're doing that? You're, are you just choosing groups to put together? Putting them all by age group and then having a weekly, like, like I'm doing a weekly flute class tonight and all my flautists, like 15 to 18, come in the class. I send them a piece each week and they all learn it. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like tonight, the guy that composed the piece, I told him about it. We were just chatting and um, he was like, oh, I'd love to hear that. Send me an invite. So like he's yeah, going to come in. Coming. Amazing. Yeah, and chat to them. All of this stuff online you could never do in person. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I mean it's online. Time. It's online, and it's plus everyone is at home. You know, yeah. that I mean, I knew what Zoom was before, but yeah, it's like you know, if I want to Zoom someone now, I'm just like want to Zoom, and then you know, everyone's just at home and everyone's at home. yeah, completely. Yeah. So logistically, there's no time. There's no like they can't go out. They can't do anything. Yeah, um, there's a want... lot. There's, there's a lot of things that we will after this go forward and 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 you know i can imagine lots of your teaching staying online if it's I working because the students yeah. that are working better this way i'm going to see them once every six weeks and then maybe have five i was already thinking this like some of them well, hold on. you will go to see them every six weeks. i will well i was thinking like in some instances like that where they're clearly 
enjoying it way more online. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'd be good to do some some in person, wouldn't it? Some but... in person and some online. Whereas before, I would never have considered doing online lessons as even yeah, no. a viable, like le- you know, as, a, yeah, as an option. It would just feel like la- a lazy scam, wouldn't it? Yeah, completely. Yeah, but actually, it's 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 not. And I mean, I've taught some really good lessons. I think obviously the latency latency would, would be amazing if we could have if we could have no latency we can actually play together that's the yeah. difference yeah um but in terms of especially because i've only taught more advanced lessons so it's it's like been more concepts it's been talking about modes it's been doing like you know things that haven't suffered from being able to play together although mm-hmm. definitely that would be better there's some way of you know we'll have to wait till the the te- text there uh, that you said an interesting thing about social skills as well yeah um, and it's interesting how much that stuff still, I mean, still applies here. Mm-hmm. I'm conscious of having just rambled like for the last no, hour. No, no. But say with the exercise classes, it's like, it's just like a room, you know, yeah. and people join the room and you need to make sure everyone, no one feels nervous mm-hmm. and you need to make sure everyone feels welcome and invited and involved. And, and, and at first some, someone might join and, and, and I've done it as well. You join a different room and it's like, Oh, that dynamic. I'm, that's quite strange actually, you know, mm-hmm. when you're going from, whatever vibe is in your bedroom, whatever vibe is, is anywhere. And yeah. then you suddenly you're plunged into this, you know, like totally different atmosphere. I think I, I think I got quite drunk at home once and then last week actually, and then just turned up at someone's birthday where my vibes were very incompatible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. in real, normally I'd have a, a nice, a nice uh, tube journey to calm down on. Yeah, of course. Uh, but on a, yeah, this one just straight in, you know, I was like, whoop. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I felt like it was a chance to make sure that musicians could socialize younger ones with each other yeah. that wouldn't normally be socializing with so much with like-minded people. And also, the one social skill I think they'll lose if we don't practice it is the ability to talk to people you sort of know but not very well. Uh, You've got your yeah. best friends and your family, but what about a kid you met once in a concert a year ago? Or Yeah, this you know, this, env- this environment doesn't necessarily cater for that. You're totally right that's a really good point so i've been putting them together mm-hmm. to try and just like just because they wouldn't be otherwise and also yeah. it's be one hour a week where they have to think about how they're going to talk to people are you putting them in breakout rooms and things like that oh i love that send them off i created whatsapp chats for them to okay. be like here's your piece here's a recording what will be you know you can talk about it you can share ideas yeah, yeah. just well, like I mean, I think you might need to get uh, maybe you need to get Super Pro Zoom for that, but it's. I've, I have I've, paid actually for a. Yeah, I just thought for these three months I'm using it so much for yeah. so many ideas. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I I haven't found anything I can't do yet. Mm-hmm. I still don't, still don't know how to record in gallery view, which is much better. Um, oh yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah, it's much nicer to record in gallery. I'm I'm working on that today. That's today's thing. Sick. But, but yeah, I think for. What else am I doing that Zoom is useful for at the moment? So a bit, tiny bit of teaching, and then, uh, yeah, and just the just the workshop. Really, I'm not really I'm not doing masses of work on Zoom at the moment. I've got I've, I've got a, a sort of writing team, mm-hmm. which is me and do you know Adam Saunders? Yeah, and a guy called Neil, who's um, he is like a he's he's got a doctorate in YouTube, which he did years and years ago, and he's oh, wow. uh, That's yeah he's cool. a He's a really, really cool guy. He had some amazing stuff to say about the, uh, you know, that now you've got some autonomous learning opportunities for kids 
you know they're, and it, they're, they're at home they can work out what they really like and i think that's that's got to be the most valuable thing you can learn is just like what you're into and then it shapes everything and what you choose to learn afterwards i need a wii and also i need to play arturo sandoval why don't you combine those two problems i think i'll probably come back in time for the sax solo which is the yeah, bit great. i want to hear it's like a yeah. hilarious interlude Back a minute. We've got a sax solo here. This must be Michael Brecker, right? Oh, God. Keep going, keep going. Spectacular. Do you know what? I'm just going to put it out there. 
Michael Brecker is wildly underrated as an wow. improvising musician. He's brilliant. He's, he's brilliant and he's still amazing. underrated. He's yeah, still I guess doesn't, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't he's get good. the respect he deserves. He's still he's pretty highly doing. rated as well, so that's you he's, know his high rating is underrated still. That is completely my opinion. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's an alien. Michael um, Brecker should be on the majority of top three all time saxophone players for everyone. Exactly. And if he's not, then I'm deeply worried about them. I mean I don't know anything all sax but no offense, all sax players sound the same to me. Ish, except Michael Brecker. Yes. Um, but I think has he, did he kind of in, it's about, I feel like the most amazing jazz musicians have a kind of whole you know sub-genre that they then in, they kind of invent they invent their own language they add to the jazz language mm-hmm. and uh, you know they're kind of inventing whole universes then you know whole whole you know I guess like in the same way that, that talking language English is a universe you know yeah. we've got we've got words and sounds yeah. and it evolves it. over time Hmm. As, and there's so much depth and there's so many pe- other people adding to it and yeah but they're just adding so much to that universal yeah, language yeah. and I feel like probably does, um, did Brecker do that? yes you know unless there was you know, there's Brecker. a line in the sand pre and post Brecker when people heard how that was sat. and also not only with the language but with on a completely separate extra genius level ability to change the way people play the instrument as well as the language they were using technical stuff yeah 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 he was he was he was a genius in in like multiple areas all mm-hmm. at once yeah you know? it's just like i think feel like he probably just whilst he was learning in that huge journey of learning that you do as a musician especially if you get you know if you've really got amazing natural ability and you're, and you're learning uh oh, there's a terrible ending in this song it's an absolute ghastly it does sound you know, absolutely insane. But <laughs> <laughs> let, me just, uh, let me just shuffle play on the light songs now. It'll mean we get some weird stuff. Uh, this is good, I think. You know, um, great stuff. So uh, yeah, so in a way, in a way, it's not subjective to some degree because it's mm-hmm. like if you've added so much to the musical language, that's it. You're you're brilliant. You're the most brilliant everyone's you know then there's loads of different people who do that and i suppose actually yeah i suppose musicians do it in their own local area as well you know and then there yeah. are students, everyone's adding to adding to the language and also you know taking from the language that of, of i guess that's what a genre is it's like a different different part of the uh part of the part of the language right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a or it's a different musical language or it's a different yeah a genre could be a bit like um you could compare it to a you know different language, right? You play much bass. Yes, love it, love it more than guitar most of the time. As I play, when I swap instruments, I feel like trying to learn to improvise on the clarinet was one of the best things I ever did. Mm. To just take away my finger memories and only have my brain left, you know, and start yeah. fresh and do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, no. how do you feel about? Tell me the things about the bass that you really love. For me, bass is a it's a really it's the role it's a really different role, and mm-hmm. it's like it it's more it's it's just more in keeping with my mood most of the time would be the role of just playing the same thing over and over again. 
right and and being really yeah I, and just but also it's not like some ego egoless thing it's like bass is you know in my head and the music that i like usually more important mm-hmm. so and has more influence over the whole thing mm. so like it's probably as uh, i prefer bass because of a lot of the time because of a kind of control freakery and yeah. it's like it's like you're not you're not you're not having to do any in front ego stuff uh, yes ego stuff but actually your ego is completely being satisfied by how important you feel by playing the bass mm. yeah interesting because my my version of that with my own band was never to have more than four people in it at once because because you... um to be able to control it control is not the right word but a 25% stake in what's going on musically Absolutely. seems about right. Yeah, and it is bigger than, yeah, yeah, good point, than a 20. And you've, you've, you've got maybe less space to be heard as well and mm. less, less space to influence the music as a result. I think Although, we did a... Last thing I did with you, you way more people than that. There's a bunch of us, loads of us. Loads of it. That's because it was my... It was Claire's music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, for my... But my my band is just freely improvised and there's only four and I tried it once with eight people and it was you really got, you got a free improv band have you ever heard my album Gods of Apollo no what um, it's, it's a whole hour long freely improvised track but I wanted it to be like super accessible so I um, I created a like guide an audio track of the space race and the Americans and the Russians racing to yep. the moon and nice. then because um, it's free to use the archival audio um, so the piece is really like all of the track and then we just improvise to it. Over but so then with I- the album I was thinking about it when you were talking about Risk that I I booked the studio for just like four hours and we set up um, yeah. we- hello. hello who's that hey, uh, I'm just doing a podcast what the hell's that you got a gift from Matt Nice. Why? Matt, why? Can I have a look? <laughs> There's a brown bag coming into the room. Yeah. To the listeners. Oh, you're joking. I think it's a good oh. gift based well, I mean, on Tom's I reaction. So. I, did a, I did like, um, I did a recording for someone yesterday. Uh, and um, he's, I guess this must be a gift. For oh, him. wow. That's awesome. I sent him a message this morning. Uh, which was like meant lovingly, but and I was just trolling him, but it was bitchy. And I was like, I was like, oi, say thanks for the recording and tell me how great it sounded. <laughs> tell me how great it sounded or something like that. Um, I'm just bloody doing a podcast, aren't I? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'll, uh, Hi. so yeah, I think that's probably, wow, it's expensive cheesecake. Oh, yeah. Oh, I almost turned it away because it, it was for Matt, but there we go. Yeah, brilliant. Wow. Thank you so much. Imagine how he'd have felt if uh, they rejected it. Sorry, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. your gift away. Nice. I need to... I must remember... So I just finished that sentence. Yeah, Um, sorry. My plan was to have this guide track that played all the way through of the astronauts. And then we would improvise and people could hear the audio in order... Or like the dialogue. Oh, oh, is it the actual astronauts? Yes. So it's all... It's a space race. Like, what, it's Russian astronauts as well? I don't understand. And so you, American can, you can hear excerpts from the Americans and the Russians, and and the idea was to try and create the sound of like a race to the moon. Oh um, wow! Okay, and there's a where and where this audio? Did you slice it up? Yes. Right. So you made a you took about a year actually. You made an yeah. Yeah, that's a huge job. Brilliant. Um, but then yeah, that, you 
maybe you need to have coherent narrative with that time and, and loving as well because when you yeah and I did loads of research because I didn't yeah. want to be accused of missing anything important yeah, or yeah, actually yeah. miss anything important you know um, yeah but, oh, but I can't wait to listen to it man. how long say, all one thing it's one long track it's 45 minutes or 50 minutes um, yeah, yeah. but I only booked it with enough time to run it once and then we left you know so it was a real like 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 you say what I want in music is the most amount of risk you can possibly take all mm. the time mm-hmm. so to be able to say to the band like it's 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 4pm and we've yeah. got to be out at 6 so yeah. there's not time to do anything again so if you play something you regret get over it it's just know? a case of, of just listening you know that I feel like if you're Oh, it's hard. It's really interesting. Free improv so different. I know. I love it though, because then of course you press record, and it's like, oh man, we're doing it. The tension, you know, the excitement, yeah. and the listening, I, and yeah, the listening. And I think it's a little ego exercise as well, because I mean, it's just such a different process of making. And I think the results are so much more about the process as well mm-hmm. than, than other types of stuff. How, how loud is this music? I should stick both ears on. Medium. Medium. Let's change it. Anyway. Oof, that's a good tune. I'm, oh yeah, uh, my album's on Spotify. I've just Googled it. Excellent. Can you uh, send Spotify me the link? Yeah, I've got Apollo, but the wrong things come up. If you just type Gods of Apollo. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 the. Oh, no, the. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Look at that. Look at that band. Woo! I know. I was well pleased with it. I won't lie to you. It's absolutely, absolutely seriousness. Yeah, brilliant musicians. I got them just before, I feel like, I don't know if this is true necessarily, but we recorded it in 2017 and like Elliot Galvin and Rob Luff, they were still, they were coming up very fast. But Yeah, they were just dudes and now, they they're, just, in, now they're in probably newspapers or Well, it was pretty easy to just be like, do you guys want to play a few tunes, play a few gigs? You know, it was, it was, yeah. um, I don't know. I have no evidence for this. I don't know how, if it would be as easy to do it now, you know, just with finding a date that they'd all be free. Probably. Yeah, that's the problem. I think everyone, everyone, oh, I was saying that. I, I've kind of got, I kind of got busier for a while. And then I've since become, in the last three years, less and less busy and mm. less and less money, but mm. been happier and happier. So uh, maybe they're doing that. Don't know. I like that. Yeah. Um, I need to go put the oven on in a minute. Um, that's good. Is there what else do you normally talk about on a podcast? Have I? Have my favourite thing is like hobbies. What oh, are you wow. into that doesn't involve playing the guitar? Great um, tennis. Oh great! I only playing it, and I only play collaborative tennis. I love that. Not not necessarily doubles, but collaborative. Uh, it's collaborative with the. So basically, the my. Uh, you just stand behind the baseline, so you're really far away, and it just bounces as many times as you want do that for about 15 minutes and then after a while you you kind of warmed up to that level of distance and hitting a bit harder mm. so you know i just find that as soon as you play a game you just all start playing rubbish and you've got this like you you know you you, you got you got you get competitive and you want to win yeah. just, what the hell who cares if i win this game of tennis at finsbury park like it yeah. really doesn't yeah. matter so I, and actually it's better exercise to just be at the back hitting challenging shots mm. but that are still like uh, collaborative you know just good good shots to hit back so that's what I love. That's awesome. Love. I always struggled in table tennis once you started making it competitive. Mm, fall apart, great, don't you? Great to play. Yeah, I do fall apart under yeah. that kind of pressure. It's a it's really interesting mental thing, tennis as well, yeah. You know, how 
I don't know. Or maybe you just think it's a mental thing and actually it's just that you're not getting, getting to the shots on time. But mm. yeah. Uh, so I really love, I love playing tennis from the, from the before time. I really like films. Uh, yes. I like, what type of films? Uh, I don't know how I, would, how I would describe them. I really like the film uh, Force Majeure and The Square. They're both by the same Yeah, director. yeah. Have you seen those? Yeah, I have actually. Yeah, Very the Swedish, um, Swedish one, yeah. Because yeah. I saw it's been remade with Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Did you did you catch that? No, I mean, I did. I have heard about that, but I, I just think like it was... Oh, I wouldn't watch it. There was nothing <laughs> wrong with that first film. It was an absolute... Oh, it's fantastic, I know. Yeah. And it wasn't really about the plot. It's not like you can take the plot... No. It was just, it was just, it was about the plot and how well it was executed and, it, and that kind of amazing arty vibe it had. Completely so like, agree. Well, but that sums up everything I think is wrong sometimes with the American mindset for films. Yeah, I doubt they'll be able to do it as slow because there are a oh, lot. Of course of, not. It'll be. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it, so I can't judge. But it just seems wildly inappropriate to think it. Ever yeah, needs to be remade. I probably should see it, but I've, I mean, as we can. As we can, we, we, we're both so attached to that first film that it's like, uh, oh, it's a bit heavy this tune for uh, whatever time. Um, oh, Louis Cole's my absolute favourite. I should talk about him. Oh yeah, let's talk about him. Don't get me started on that guy. I don't don't want to talk about him actually, but he's I think he's brilliant. I think there's I do have a kind of a fan like element in me. I definitely mm. have that, um, and I always used to it always used to attach itself to people I knew and met, which was really handy because you know I would like you know I'd just like really really love the musicians I was playing with and you can go and see them yeah. you know, at, the, at the pub I used to go and watch Dan C and Angelino at the pub in Kingston it's so inspiring to see really, do you know what the person I've had that with the most strongly is Rob Luft actually oh really um, just listening to his first album like yeah. I was like more a fan than a friend you know I yeah, was so exactly, obsessed yeah. with it mate Connor Chaplin I don't mm. know I think I've got a recording I've got a recording that we I think me Connor Connor was on sax and maybe uh God, who else is there? Uh, maybe, but bass. Bass. There was a bass player, Steve. Uh, what's his, his name? Is that him? Mm-hmm. That's the guy. Yeah. yeah. Someone. Someone beastly on drums. Uh, Alex, who now works in computing and is really tall. Can't remember his second name. Anyway, not the point. Uh, I still. I was just like. I just had this recording on my phone, and Connor's sax playing is so good. And I still play mm-hmm. those lines. I've just I've transcribed a load of Connor. You know, I've transcribed <laughs> loads of my mates. Um, yeah, there's there's some there's some insane musicians around. Mm. Yeah, they're right. Anyway, what were we talking about before that? That was, <laughs> that was about films, but that was very nice. That was a great. Cool. That, maybe that will be the ending. Yeah, there's uh, and I really like the film Coco. I like mm-hmm. films that make me cry. I like The Elephant Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I dancing, love going dancing, uh, drinking pints of beer. I love. Mm-hmm. What else counts as a hobby? Just looking around my room to see what else I mean. This I is kind of. I've got a few posters. Got a few posters. I've got some plants. I really like angle poise lamps. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all that's all style stolen from my mother. Um, yeah, sort of psychology type things. I really like. I re- I mean, this isn't really hobbies. I'm trying to make this kind of what I do. I'm trying to make. Yeah. I'm trying to uh, just think a bit more about what improvising is, and mm-hmm. think about a bit more about what listening is, mm-hmm. and and just try and uh, I don't know try and build some sort of career out of that I don't really know what that would be yeah uh, but you know long term so I'm just reading I'm just reading loads about listening at the moment and lots and lots of bits about free improv which I can send you links to because they they're so interesting oh I'd love that 
listening's the best. It's the deepest, most wicked topic, and free improv is also really deep, and people have mm-hmm. written all sorts of cool stuff about it. So, so kind of like um, poorly done academic research is another hobby then. <laughs> um, yeah. Making posh coffees and uh, yeah. generally hippie spiritual type things that I really like as well. Excellent. I, really, I definitely am. Um, I definitely like that stuff. You know, reading books and things. Mm. What, what about you? What, what are your hobbies? Uh, they are no podcast. Yeah, the jazz podcast. One of my. I mean, I made a film as well. That was quite hard. That's a couple, oh yeah, well, it was hard. It was a lot of fun. I suspect it's going to have like a big YouTube premiere in about a month. Oh, amazing. Um, it hasn't come out yet. Well, yeah, it's been screened in a few cinemas. Like we've had it on at a few colleges and cinemas, but um, publicly I never released it because I didn't want to just like stick it on YouTube. And then, you know, I've been waiting. You want it to be at the right time. and I have a feeling, Tom, that I've found the right time. Uh, I think it might be now, yeah. Yeah, so the Manchester, I'm, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to because I'm sick of not saying it. Um, <laughs> but I think what's going to happen is the Manchester Jazz Festival are going to release it as part of, like they're doing the whole festival online this year. Yeah, so yeah, fantastic. And of yeah. course, when I realised they were doing that, I emailed them and said, look, I think, because the film was going to be shown at home cinemas in Manchester, it's like a theatre cinema. Yeah, conference. yeah. Um, and I said, like, having lost that opportunity, maybe it would be nice to do one of those, like, you know, it's 5 p.m. on this day of the festival and, yeah. and, and give it like a nice launch sort of send yeah, yeah, yeah. the sunset. Yeah, 100% because you've put so much into it, you don't want to just sort of like plonk it on the internet for no one to look at it. That's, yeah. Yeah, and it's about your friend, isn't it? It's about Richard Turner, trumpeting, yeah. yeah. So it would do Richard justice to not just spit it out onto YouTube one day yeah. as well. Well, that's amazing. That's good. Yeah, so those have been... first as well, the big, big announcement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Big time news um, got... for the listeners that have made it this deep into the show. Um, do you know? Um, do you know? This is almost completely tangent, tangential. Um, a guy called uh, Craig Scott. He's a guitarist. No. Um, he now he was a guitarist and I, someone I kind of fanned on actually as well. He's playing is absolutely wicked, like super. Let me show you some guitar playing here. I think you. Uh, I kissed raw. I think you probably. Um, uh, I mean, there's the other guitar is amazing. So you've got this one tone, which is... So that, I can't remember his name. He rocked as well. He is his band. And Craig Scott's part that he put in here. And you, I think you're not getting stereo. So they're left and right for me. Right. Uh, they're like, that's a cool part, part to come up with. Absolutely amazing band um, that have stopped now, but I used to be such a fan of them. Still am. Uh, anyway, Orchestra they're called. Just so we don't. Yeah. Sick. Uh, yeah. So he he has a band called Craig Scott's Lobotomy, which is kind of like a. I don't know how I would begin. They've, I'm sure they've got a good word to. Let's look at their description of their own music. And they played at Manchester Jazz Festival. Is my point? Is my ah point. cool. Right? I'm sorry. Um, Craig Scott's Lobotomy. Lobotomy, lobotomy. A Frankenstein's monster scaling the uncanny valley. UK placeholder. 
Oh, I mean, I don't really know what they call themselves. Anyway, they're a freaky band, and they did this radio. They did Manchester Jazz Festival, and I think it was on Radio Three or something. And who, who knows if this story is true, and who knows if this will make it into the edit? But, sure. Um, yeah. He did. A, I think he told the audience to boo at the beginning of the song when it finished, and just be like, "You're rubbish," and just be as rude as possible. So then they do this sprawling sort of uh, maybe free, really long epic thing. And my mate Yost, who's playing drums, said he completely forgot. Uh, at the end of the song, because he suddenly stops playing, and all, all the all the crowd starts just going like, "Boo! You're f-ing rubbish!" and beats it out, and then I'm just like, "You're rubbish!" And then he, and he was just like completely forgot. I was like, "What?" And then so I guess that was would have been quite funny on the uh, Radio Three recording as well. And that's beautiful. Yeah, maybe don't maybe don't put that story in. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Tom, it's been so nice to sit and talk. Okay. Yeah, it's not, I'm quite frantic today, so I hope I haven't like. No, it's been great. It's yeah. been absolutely joyous. Um, I'm going to edit it very little because I've really enjoyed this. Okay, and we've got uh, we've got nice, suitably epic music to finish. Yes. Thanks for coming on, buddy. That was awesome. Yeah, man, it's really nice to see you again as well. You too. Um, let's do slow. Uh, I'll do that exercise. Yeah. Oh come on, can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. I, yeah. I only haven't because I, I I've been doing a lot of. Uh, well, like, Saturday is at ten thirty. Wednesday is ten thirty. Every other day it's nine thirty. This is what I do every day, basically. That's a lot. It's too much. It isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, I have now. I'm scaling down now. Yeah. My initial panic about the financial mess I might be in is subsiding. Yeah, and also I suppose you um don't have. God, it's so so epic. This music. Sorry. Um, you don't have um. Necess- I mean, you're not spending any money really in the same no. way that you used to be probably that's very true yeah, not spending I to, anything I need to change my I am going to buy a nice drum machine I think but Ooh, yeah that'd um, be awesome but yeah anyway uh, yeah thanks for having me on I really appreciate it it's like it's quite, been, an on, quite an honour oh I'm thrilled I've been hoping we get to do this for actually years so yeah and, I'm, and I hope it uh, I hope it comes out alright well done. Next episode is not going to oh, be... You didn't s- say next week. You no, said next episode. I so nearly next said month? next week. I was like, no chance. Um, yeah, season three starts next month. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the next show, hopefully it'll be like two weeks. I want to get... It's time now. It's time to get back on the, the back on the wagon. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go away and edit this and release it right now. When you say you're going to edit it, you're going to get one of your... Oh, your my God. Kind of... Your student, your student slaves. Ma- major shout out to. Who do we have to thank for this? Um, I don't know if I can use her full name because she's only sixteen. Oh, um, it's really, really labour then, isn't it? Labour oh, laws. To suggest child labour laws. Well, that would be entirely appropriate to suggest such thing. I mean, the thing is, she's really. It's into a voluntary me. internship, is it? Uh, yeah. You know what? When she comes to D of E and she needs mm. to sign to say she's done some volunteer work. We can say she's done 90 minutes a week editing the jazz podcast. 90 minutes? Is that how long it takes her? Oh, thank you. Yeah. I don't know your name. Anna. I'm going to guess your name. Anna. Thank you, Anna. Yeah. What would you have guessed, just out of interest? Oh. Um, what would I guess? Like Rebecca or something? I don't know. Anna. Thanks. Yeah, it's good. It's good because you get a lot of feedback, you know. Obviously, um, we have a wide demographic of listeners. and. From all the competitions we've run, we both know that our listenership is not necessarily the most responsive. Well, it, it, I mean, as far as we know, it's literally one person yeah. who's actually ever written in. 
Oh yeah, that's true. Actually, I think two people wrote in because one time Miguel Garidi won a copy of oh, Tom yeah. Corley's album. Yeah, <laughs> such a great way to not pay for CDs. Just yeah. listen to the show for a bit and. Um, Mind you, I think I'd probably rather just buy the CD than have to listen to every show. It's Might be quicker and less <laughs> yeah. annoying. Yeah. Um, well, on that note, next week should or next month, next, next term, mm. it'll either be Chris Hyson, I think, or Emma Johnson. She's a right. saxophone player. Chris has got a new single, like a new. No, Emma's got a new EP out. Chris has got a new. Chris has done something. I love Chris Hyson's music. Um, yeah, is he playing piano again? Is it piano stuff? Or? The three they did three a, a while ago, didn't he? With where Kit Downs played piano. Yeah. yeah. But he wrote the tunes. They were really lovely. Yeah. I remember that first album was called Little Moon Man. It's just like six tracks on Apple Music. Nice, beautiful. Listen to that again. Mm. Oh man, um, I just had a look at the listenership for April and May. It's really high. So I'm going to go and put this show out there right now do it before we yeah hang in there people people are people are gagging for it <laughs> I don't think you've ever said that before um, oh fantastic alright you've been listening to the jazz podcast and we'll see you next time bye bye